Hey, welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Goza, founder of HerbertGoza.com. Today's episode is going to focus on how to use storytelling in selling online tutoring or teaching. So that's the goal for us. And mm. one of the reasons we love you know, having these conversations is we learn a lot of ourselves and our own businesses. <laughs> Um, but storytelling is totally something that both of us are interested in. Uh, I don't think we're experts on, but we want to get much better at. But I do Definitely. feel that there's some wisdom that we can provide, and we've spent some time discussing it today. And it's really important because, uh, I mean, you know, in LearnCube, we're very exposed to the number of online language and tutoring companies that are out there. Um, we provide actually their virtual classroom and their online school platforms, and, and we're part of their story. But really, we see a lot of websites as well, and we see a lot of our marketing uh, from those customers. And a lot of it really lacks emotion, and a lot of it mm. really lacks stories. And so we wanted to run this episode partly to help our own customers as well uh, understand what good storytelling might look like, um, and also maybe at least some the start of some ideas that people can research themselves and then really become masters in their own right at storytelling. Right, definitely. And I mean, when it comes to, I mean, we run paid ad campaigns for education businesses. And uh, in order to cut through all of the noise and to really stand out from the competition, um, storytelling is such an extremely powerful tool um, to grab people's attentions and to intrigue, provoke, inspire people to take action. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully we can give you a few tips today to uh, create your own stories. That sounds brilliant. And uh, what a story we're going to be telling you today. Uh, but before we start, why are we even doing this? Why, why should we even talk about storytelling? Uh, why is it helpful, Herbert? Because... The more people care about you know, a product or your company or the solutions that you provide, um, you know, the better. Uh, not just you know, to get that sale, but for the long term. You know, it has that connection, um, and you really want to pull on people's emotions um, and and feed into into a narrative. It, it's so effective, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of human um human behavior we've we've told stories for centuries or since the dawn of time everyone loves stories as a child mm. and why would it be any different now um you know with with adults uh so that's why uh it's it's fantastic for memory and recall i think that's that's bang on like and why is it, why are stories so good for memory and recall kind of what you said you know it's a primal thing that we've been doing for mm. so long that that's it's all connected with our brains it's all connected with our motivations it's all connected with our memories and and how we kind of make sense of the world um and, and one of the other things that's really helpful about storytelling is you know kind of what you've said before about cutting through the noise if everything looks the same then often people will look for stories or brand which may convey mm. those stories to mm. make the choice uh, and if you think about that mm. on a on a business level, I mean, and and companies totally do that can ex increase the value of your business and increase the value of your revenues by you know twenty thirty percent uh, if you do a really good job of it. Um, and even if you do a, 
a good but not great job, they're still going to see major value in doing that. Absolutely. You know, uh, prospects and potential customers want to feel it is relatable that um, the, you know, uh, existing customers have walked in their shoes already and they want to see that uh, the story of them so that they can embark on their own journey, um, a similar story, hopefully. That's right. It it also sort of comes down to trust, right? Like when you think about Mm. how important trust is, with the effect, of, uh, the effect of your marketing, the effect of your sales, and the effect of your delivery, the more trust you have, like trust is like oil. It's, it lubricates the whole business. Everything becomes better the more trust you have. And, and actually, it's the, the opposite, right? And it's absence with the lack of trust and a lack of story, which is the way that we convey, hey, I am who I say I am, which is the, mm. the fundamental question uh, when you're talking uh, about, you know, fraud or, or again it's opposite in terms of am i going to buy from this this company uh, it all comes down to trust so that's why storytelling is so compelling <laughs> so let's now talk about um, the different types of storytelling you can have in your tutoring business and then how to apply that some tips and maybe some pitfalls to kind of uh, avoid right The first one we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about three. The first being around sort of the founder and company story. The Mm. second being about student stories. And the third being around tutors or teacher stories. Uh, And we're going to start off with this first one, which is the most, it's really the place people start when they're they're thinking of the story, which is what's the the origin story? What's the founder story? What's the company story? Absolutely. And I I, I guess the way to think about the founder story as well is typically the backstory. It's like how you got there. Right. <laughs> and the company yeah. story is often the future looking part of the story. It's like, hey, and we're going to go on this adventure together and we don't know exactly what trials and tribulations we're going to be, be facing, but it's, it's going to look like this and this is the direction. Uh, and I, I guess it's really conveying that North Star that we're going to end up here together mm. is probably going to be the, the outcome of what that company story looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I think you nailed it, um, Alex, with the kind of, you know, what's the mission of the company uh, and what are the what, what are we trying to achieve by helping you? Uh, but also the founder story can be extremely compelling. Yeah. Well, let's start off with that. What's, what do you think are the kind of key aspects of a founder story, Herbert? I mean, you've got to have, I guess, a main character, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. someone central to the story, obviously the, the founder or the co-founders. Yeah. Um, and usually, you know, someone starts a business, uh, someone yeah. uh, starts a company for a particular reason, whether or, yeah. or not they made a discovery, you know, something new that can help people faster, easily, more effectively, or maybe they had some sort of epiphany. Right. Um, and then you can, you know, use that, uh, in your story. Or maybe it is kind of an us versus them scenario where, for example, uh, everyone else uses this, um, type of uh, teaching methodology and this is ours because this is the more effective methodology. And so kind of being a little bit polarizing, um, which has a negative connotation to it, but can be very effective. Yeah, I really, I really agree with that. And creating, helping create sides is a really helpful way 
to bring people along for the ride. Absolutely. People people really love contrast, you know, um, whether it's a – and there's so many different companies you could follow where they kind of create that contrast, and it might be, uh, you know, Apple's kind of really well known for being a, <laughs> a us versus the kind of conventional PCs, like the yes. other is like the generic yeah. – you know, we're not the generic. We're we're we're, we're this, and they, they've mm. been very good from day dot at com- communicating that story. Definitely. Um, uh, we were talking a little bit before about positioning stories because they can be really helpful as well. Uh, wh- let's. I mean, we were using Apple, Samsung, and sort of Android uh, kind of as examples of different positions, uh, and I think they're kind of helpful. We're not going to go into it for, for very long, but simply, I, I think it's really useful to know: Does your brand position lie in the? Um, are you kind of a mainstream brand, or are you a niche or niche brand? Are you a challenger brand, or are you kind of an incumbent brand? Mm. And then, likewise, are you a, a premium, exclusive brand? Yeah. Um, or are you an affordable, something for everybody kind of brand? Mm. And that, 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 there's, a, there's a market for every one of those, and including an education. Yeah. Uh, so ha- I would definitely encourage people to kind of have a little think about that, because even when you look into those brands as well, they all tell a different story. You know, one values um, the completeness of the solution. Like the, it's its own ecosystem, which is the Apple kind of approach mm. versus the flexibility and open to everybody and everybody makes this, which is the Android approach. And you can see that in tutoring as well, you know, from a, right. if you join our tutoring uh, company, then we're going to look after you. We're going to take care of everything. You're going to be using this professional system. Uh, mm. We're going to be coordinating things and making sure you feel comfortable. And anything that was a headache, we're going to remove with either technology or great systems. Mm. And on top of that, you're going to have these great tutors that, Actually, we decide is the best for you. Like we do mm. the hard yards of finding the choice. Whereas in maybe an alternative approach is we just get out of the way. We just create the scenes for magic to happen. And mm. we, 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 we have sort of basic criteria for tutors, but you do the, the, the task of finding the tutor that's right for you right. The, at yeah. the time that's right for you. And then some people are all about convenience. And so there's all these different stories and different values mm. that you can bring in. But I think your story has to be aligned with that. <laughs> so it's very hard Absolutely. to tell yeah, a really course. like exclusive premium story when you're like trying to sell to like, you know people that maybe are hard you know struggle to 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 make make ends meet, mm, but they're really looking mm. for something extra for their child. Like telling a story of a, an Ivy League university upbringing doesn't really create the same sense of connection unless of somehow you kind of bring that you know again that's what storytelling will do but there needs to be a connection between the founder and the audience otherwise yeah. there's no point in having the story in the end no. because it actually Agree. could do more damage than help <laughs> yeah they've definitely got to be in alignment um so with that alignment in mind that alignment needs to be in, in all the different aspects. Um, well, actually, we were going to talk about how do you apply storytelling. And, and again, that story does need to be consistent across any channel that you communicate that story. What were some of the ideas you had, Herbert, on where can people apply 
their story, particularly this company or founder story? Sure. I mean, obviously your website in the, in the about us section, and that should also touch on any of your other social profiles like uh, your LinkedIn, your personal LinkedIn or your business LinkedIn profile, uh, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Um, I mean, you can also use your story and leverage it in speaking opportunities, whether that yeah. be uh, through a webinar, through a conference, um, a podcast, or getting onto other people's stages to kind of spread the word about your story, your mission, um, and kind of creating uh, an, an authority of yourself. Um, mm. So using that through blogs or articles, um, uh, writing guest posts, whatever that may, may be. And I also think a strong story really attracts the right um, people to your company, whether that be hiring tutors or teachers or even staff members. You know, they want to know what what are they joining? Uh, is there a purpose behind it? And is it is their job going to be meaningful? Yeah, I actually I would actually add that a little bit more. It should also detract the people you don't want to work with. Ah, exactly. Yeah. So so like even in LearnCubes, uh, and actually both of us are in this way, like we both focus on the education space and mm. um, me, uh, LearnCube specifically on language and tutoring. But that also detracts, you know, corp, you know, we could sell ours as meeting software, but we're not meeting software. We're yeah. for tutoring and language education. And that detracts and pushes other people that are maybe not a good fit for us away. And that's what we want. And yeah. I think you're the same, Herbert. You know, you probably want to detract people that aren't in your niche. Is that exactly. Right? No, uh, we here at the agency only work with language schools and education businesses. So if, uh, I don't know, an e-commerce website selling t-shirts or a lawyer or a dentist came to us for paid ads, we would say no. <laughs> yeah. And they would probably say no themselves, which does you a favor. And again, yeah. that's what a tutoring that's company fine. should do as well, right? Like if you're telling a story of being, I don't know, if you wanted to be the most exclusive, most prestigious, you mm. tell that all in your story and then you push away anyone that was possibly looking for a more affordable option. Yeah. So, And then you've got the leads that you want. And they're willing to pay the prices that you want to set, if that's your your goal, for example. Um, so we're going to also just on this particular segment on the founder and company story, provide a couple of things to be careful of and a couple of tips. So what are the things you feel people should be a bit careful of, Herbert? Uh, definitely overpromising <laughs> <laughs> or kind of overhyping your um, credentials or yeah. um, any guarantees, things like that. So, um, I mean, that that's one thing. Uh, you don't want to seem inauthentic. Yeah. Um, and you've really, the, your story really, again, you've mentioned this, it needs to connect with your customers or your target audience, your niche. Um, yeah. I really like that idea of connection. So I was just, I mean, we neither Herbert nor I are Americans and we associate <laughs> America with slight overpromising and slight grandiosing, but it connects. Which with, is fine. Which is fine, but there's a, there's a cultural, there's a mm. cultural difference. But either way, that connection piece needs to happen culturally. So in, I, I'm from New Zealand. So my cultural piece is that if that, if I'm totally overhyping and, and blow my own horn, it breaks that trust. And it creates mm. a, a sense of distance. Um, whereas, uh, 
if you kind of feel a little bit more realistic but still inspirational, that tends to be the kind of balance area that that tends to work uh, mm-hmm. in that cultural segment. I actually don't know in, for example, segments such as particularly Asia, I don't really know what stories they want to hear. That's that's probably a little bit outside of the normal um, marketing that that we do. I don't know if you've got any ideas on that, Herbert. I mean, when it comes to, I guess, Asian students, they, academic, um, uh, achieving academic excellence is of utmost importance. Yeah. Getting the highest grade, getting into, um, top schools and universities. So, um, especially when it comes to tutoring, quality is like everything, you know, they want to be taught by the best quality, um, uh, tutors. Uh, Ivy League tutors, whatever that is, uh, they invest a lot of time and money into into tutoring. So um, that's kind of what you need to focus on. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great example, by the way, Herbert. Because again, both of us, I think probably, well, if I was buying tutoring, I would probably connect with somebody that seemed a bit more human than like robot and checking every Ivy League mm. slash mm. score. Um, but again, a different cultural mix. And that's why you need to be so aware of your niche and what your target audience. And we've talked a lot about that in the past. So Mm. if you haven't, make sure you go to one of our previous episodes on how to pick your niche. But we've talked about making sure it connects with your niche. Make sure you avoid kind of over-promising or over-hyping. And uh, I've also put this idea of not overshadowing kind of the tutors and students. And what I think we were meaning by that was don't let that story kind of overpower every other story. It is one story, but Mm. actually people really care about themselves when they're reading. So if your story is all about making you feel better as a founder, that creates distance and actually isn't that meaningful at all to the reader. So really making sure that the, uh, whatever you create in terms of that story connects with the audience that you're going after. And it's also got to um, kind of display and showcase how your story applies to solving your audience's problem. Yeah, yeah. totally. And that's a great tip. And, and we'll sort of start on that. So making sure your story connects with the problem in the audience. Mm-hmm. Secondly, would be to make sure it's really organized and really simple to follow. Like people don't want to read a novel or a, uh, a no. fantasy story. They want to read boom, 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 this is the connection piece that makes me believe that you're the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And the faster and simpler you can do that, I think the better. Yeah. Um, it needs to be interesting. It needs to be, it doesn't always need to be totally entertaining. Um, that can help uh, in terms of making it more memorable. But it does need to, you know, it needs to uh, stand out of the pile, right? Otherwise, right. I just forget. I'm just like, okay, there was a story. I can't remember what it was. It was something about them being a tutor at university. Yeah. But I think you do need to create much more emotion if you can um, mm. in that story. And then uh, making sure that it's relevant uh, in terms of where you put it and also relevant to, to the organization itself. So... Um, to the next, uh, to the next point, shall we, Herbert? On yep. student stories. Mm. So now, now we've, now we've <laughs> talked about this is actually an area that you're absolutely um, an expert on because you use them so often. So uh, yeah. start, start off with what are some of the stories that you can get out of 
out of students, students and customer stories? Well, I'll tell you um, kind of some of the the topics that we use at the agency and uh, when creating assets like photos and videos and ad copy. Um, day in the life of a student um, also works really well. Uh, you know, what is the student experience? Uh, the, you know, prospective students get a kind of glimpse, a peek into what life will be like when they sign up you know, mm. for lessons. Um, testimonials, of course, uh, really the number one, uh, you know, well, the, the student experience again and hearing from the student about their, you know, their time, um, mm. taking lessons or, um, improving, um, their skills. And really you, you do want to focus on that transformation that the student makes. So where were they before and where are they now? And, yeah. That journey is the same journey or that should be the same journey that all your prospective customers want to take. And by showing that um, on your website and in social media, et cetera, mm. then you'll make that connection with uh, future customers. That's brilliant. So what are the uh, where, where do you apply these stories? Let's go on to that before we kind of really dig into how to do a great story piece from our students. Absolutely. I mean, definitely your website. Uh, every, every language school or tutoring, online tutoring website should have test, real testimonials of, of students, um, especially on landing pages. Mm. Um, again, to build trust, that social proof. Sometimes, you know, testimonials are just all a person needs to get them over the edge. Mm. Um, so to say. Um, spread throughout all the social media platforms that you use, uh, you know, be aware of the different formats on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, mm-hmm. etc., as well as in ad campaigns. Again, um, these sorts of customer stories are extremely effective, especially in retargeting campaigns where you are targeting people who have already interacted with your business. Maybe they've visited your website, they've liked one of your photos, they commented on an Instagram post, but they haven't purchased yet. Uh, mm. They haven't registered. And by telling these stories, using them in ads, again, you're pushing them along their enrollment journey. Makes a lot of sense to me. So you've seen a lot of good ones and you've, well, probably the ones you've created. <laughs> um, and because you've also done some bad ones, which you know don't work. Sure, start absolutely. With what, what doesn't work and you've tried out and you're just like, nah, this is disaster. Right. Uh, definitely scripting testimonials does yeah. not work. Like I know uh, students uh, can be very apprehensive uh, yeah. being filmed in front of a camera and they don't know what to say. And so the school or the, the tutoring company thinks, all right, please say this on yeah. in, in front of the camera. Uh, and then it just sounds so um, inauthentic. Oh, yeah. um, they they pause at the wrong time. Uh, you can see their eyes kind of glance over the notes. That's that's definitely something you don't want to put out there. Yeah, and yeah, it, it shouldn't be scripted, over practiced, and or reading from a screen, so to say. Um, so uh, a way to uh, overcome that is by using a more casual setting um, where the student really feels at ease. Uh, and it's more of an interview format or question mm-hmm. answering, just like in a, in a lesson, so to say. You're asking the student's question, hey, you know, why did you choose our um, 
you know, tutoring company, our language yeah. school. What was the experience like? Did you have any issues? You know, did you, what were your goals? Things, mm. like, things like that. Um, and it's just more relaxed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the things you can also do is instead of setting them up with like, hey, you're only going to have one take of this. I'm going to ask these three questions and that's it is you can actually have some almost throwaway questions at the beginning just to get them feeling like they're okay with talking mm. and then ask them the questions that you kind of want to. So that way you've kind of already, because sometimes you don't want to do too much editing. Editing can help, by the way, as you just edit out the yeah. ones you don't want and then you edit in the ones you do. Problem is sometimes it can feel a bit more authentic if it's all done in one go. Like you can tell mm. that there's no like, Editing, because editing is a flag to somebody that, oh, somebody's removed stuff. What did they remove? And now I have to think about it. Whereas sometimes doing an all-in-one kind of shot makes you feel Mm. a bit more trust because you're like, oh, well, they obviously didn't practice it. They somehow got it all in one go. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, those throwaway questions can be helpful. Yeah, and definitely adding some kind of... uh, Questions that might be kind of off topic or maybe entertaining or yeah. funny, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to throw them off to, to get the student to laugh or to giggle or to make some facial expression. Again, it, you know, it should look authentic. Actually, I would go as far as you do not want to start any kind of output, whether it be a video, podcast, testimony or anything, unless the other side is smiling, at least to begin yeah. with. Because everyone, you can hear it in the voice. You know, you can mm. hear it in their the tone, uh, how quickly they're talking. All of those exactly. things will come through. So yeah. you kind of need to have built that trust. And I think one of the other things to be very careful of is, to, and we, by the way, you, if you haven't already listened to our episode with um, Speakeasy Barcelona, because uh, she was so great at explaining how she normalizes. Um, normalizes testimonials and really brings yeah. it. It's like a regular, it's an every week kind of thing rather than a, oh, this is scary. I really need this from your business. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They've, they've created that culture within the school that mm-hmm. it's just a normal thing for, you know, someone to go into the classroom and to film yeah. the teachers and the students. And it's got, it's gone so far that students want to be. Um, like student of the week or want to be in testimonials kind of that's how um, effective it can be and I mean that's the dream right to get user generated content that's it so definitely check out our episode on how important is social media Mm. Um, but on on this I also wanted to just touch on a few other ideas yeah and one of those was on video is better than say imagery so you can get text-based testimonials but they're not nearly as effective unless you add the image and again Mm. if you can add a video it's so much better than an image plus text because it seems like it's going to be a harder thing for somebody to have scripted or really heavily kind of vetted Um, one of the other tips i did have was try not to have the person conducting the interview (laughs) Um, as an unknown, like you don't really want to strain, like getting the owner, for example, mm. to interview a student would be kind of off because the, the owner might not have any relationship mm. with the student. So getting the teacher or tutor as the interviewee exactly. is a really important part. 
or yeah. at least just leaving it to the student to do it in their own time in front of their, you know, the face cam and that can work really well. Um, and then I think the other aspect was just making sure it's from the student's perspective. It's not about looking at a student like you're looking at somebody in a zoo, like, oh, here's Herbert. He's <laughs> having a great day. You know, look at him work. You know, yeah. people don't want to listen to that. It's got to be from the eyes of the student rather than from the eyes, like an, an outsider's eyes. Yeah, I agree. Great. So on to our last topic. We've talked about founder stories and company stories. We've talked about student stories. Now we're going to talk about tutor stories. Why? Because they are so powerful and really valuable to the, to the business as well. But we're going to go through the same kind of structure. We're going to talk about you know, what are some stories that are good to tell? How do we apply it? What to be careful of? And the tips. So, Herbert, start us off with what are some stories that tutors can tell or owners can ask of the Sure. I mean, it's quite similar to like student stories where um, you can kind of show the day in the life of a tutor, you know, what they get up to preparing for lessons, um, actually um, facilitating the lessons and interacting with students, Uh, you know. Parents, you know, the decision makers when it comes to purchasing, uh, tutoring lessons for their kids, you know, want to see what their, uh, you know, children are actually, how they're going to be, um, handled by the tutors, so to say. Um, another way is to, uh, have the tutors maybe speak about, um, uh, a specific, uh, uh, kind of feature or benefit that mm. the the tutoring company um offers whether that be you know these uh materials that they use mm. a technology um that tool that they use in classes uh whatever that is um to facilitate you know better quality tutoring lessons and of course um what better to get to know a tutor uh, than the personal story so their background why they chose tutoring as um a profession and possibly even why they chose this company to teach yeah. at, um which would link in to the founder story or the company kind of mission yeah, yeah but i mean they, and they can also they don't have to always link to the founder or the organization but they need it they can no they're, yeah. they're like a mini founder story they're like yeah exactly. hey the founder was great look at their story but actually they've somehow cloned themselves but without cloning themselves you know they've created lots of people that have the same values that are going to look after you in just the same way that you'd expect the founder to look after you um great so and one of the last things is just probably uh, you kind of talked about this transformation story and i think those are quite helpful as well um when you're doing these tutor stories like Mm. hey i was you know, I didn't really have a purpose. I was in a job that I really didn't think was for me. Um, and particularly if this is a professional tutor, you know, I was you know, um, unsatisfied. I'd done some tutoring way back in the day. I really enjoyed it, but then sort of moved out and I was, you know, managing a store and I just hated it. And then, you know, I, I found tutor and I actually found, I was talking to the founder and he really inspired me that I could do this again and do a, a really great job. And, and in the end, I, I started tutoring and, and look where I'm now. I have these great students. We have these fantastic relationships. I know everything about them and I'm, I'm following their own journey. I'm feeling so much more purposeful in my life. I'm, I'm making this up, but it, you yeah. can tell that there would be a great transformational story in amongst your tutors and, 
I guess it's up Definitely. to you as marketeers and founders to start digging to find those stories. Mm. Very powerful. And where do we apply these stories then, Herbert? I would um, put them on the same kind of platforms <laughs> that you have, you know, student stories. Why not? Yeah. Why not showcase your your tutors? As I mean, they really are the face of yeah. of your company, right? Uh, so on your website, um, landing pages, social yeah. media platforms, ads, of course, and uh, very effective is is probably also your recruitment or career page to attract more talent. Yeah, I, I think definitely in terms of uh, trying to get more tutors, there's nothing better. It's exactly the same reason you should yeah. use testimonials to find students is you have to have testimonials and stories about your tutors that validate why they should yeah. uh, they should join your cause. Um, one of the other kind of concepts I sort of thought of there was your, your tutors, <laughs> this may sound probably trite, but I'm going to give it a go, uh, but it's like either as superheroes or as you know, members of a, of a music group. Often there's kind of one or two that are like, I mean, even Spice Girls is, an, is a kind of weird example, but they all have yeah. their own unique personalities and their unique yeah. um, ways that they do things. And people like that. Um, they, they, they buy into the group, but they kind of like one in particular. And, and that's what these tutor stories do is they give you a much bigger breadth because maybe the founder story doesn't actually resonate mm. with the, the student or the parent, but the tutors amongst all of those tutors is the story for them. And then yep. suddenly you've got a really great connection piece that really locks in that, that parent or student into, into that kind of ecosystem. So I think that might be one way of thinking about this as well. I like that. And, you know, by having tutor stories, staff stories, customer stories and um, company and founder stories, you're, you're really spreading your risk and yeah. uh, you have so many different touch points, so to say, because you don't know um, yeah. what potential customers will resonate with best. You know, it might be yeah. the student story, but it might be the, the founder story. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And a way to do that is through ads, isn't it? For, I reckon, because I was just thinking <laughs> that, Herbert, I've already seen what ads you've done before and mm. you do... You know, the same ad, the same kind of copy, and then you have two different videos. Maybe it's the found story or a tutor story. Yeah. You can actually see. You can see, like, in black and white metric terms, which Absolutely. of these most likely resonates with your audience. Mm. And then, you know, that can be a really big thing. I mean, even with LearnCube, like, Willem, our head of education, has become his own personality. And, you know, uh, people connect with him far more than they would even connect with me as a, as a founder because he's, you know, an ex-language teacher and there's, the, there's a whole, you know, he's a dynamic person. He's got a funny moustache. You know, everyone loves him. Uh, and that's great. Uh, but mm. I think that was just an example of having different stories and, um, yeah, finding, finding, finding some hidden gems in there. Got to get more uh, videos of Willem then. I, <laughs> I have to say they, they perform very well. He loves doing them. Everyone loves watching them. So what can be wrong? I, yeah. Uh, you'll see a lot of that on our YouTube channel. Uh, but let's continue on. Let's, um, let's talk about what to be careful of. Are they the same things, I'm assuming, Herbert, to be yeah. careful of? Yeah. Uh, this, this, the same as, as the customer stories, student stories is not scripting them, over practiced or it needs to be authentic. 
one thing I'm kind of curious about, Herbert, is do you want to do do do, do tutors have a higher standard than a student story? Like, does there is it? Do you need a professional camera that you you don't mm-hmm. need at all? We've definitely decided that no. in terms of your students, no. but. Does, do the, is there a higher quality video? Is there a higher quality level of talking engagement required? Like, what's required for a tutor video to be really good? No, I, I again, I guess it depends on your target audience. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're trying to uh, target that exclusive premium Ivy League audience, then yeah, you'd probably want uh, excellent quality videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, professionally made. Uh, but if you're maybe doing more mass market where you choose your own tutor, then I think even a selfie video, you know, a yeah. good selfie video is absolutely uh, sufficient. Yeah. I think I think what you can get away with, though, is you can train them how to do a good one. That's hmm, the thing that absolutely. you can you can do differently. So with a student, you're like, they're like, take it or leave it. This is what I'm yeah. going to do. And you're like, that's brilliant. You're a student. That's your right. But as a tutor, you're paying them. And I think there you can be like, look, these are the things that I think would be really helpful. Like, for example, don't do it in a super crowded, cluttered bedroom Mm. where Mm. suddenly I'm like, oh, wow, this person is totally unorganized because I can see all of his stuff everywhere. Um, Again, I don't want to take out the flexibility. You're probably going to have some people that are like really love the fact that a tutor seems a lot more like the student in that way, a bit more disorganized, mm, a bit mm. more off the hip. And that could work too. But I think there's certain, like, you can reduce your risk, is I guess the point that I like to get across is not. Yeah, I agree. Creating some guardrails. Like, hey, yeah, I don't want to hear a playground screaming kids in the background when you're doing your testimonial. Yeah. You need to be in a quiet place. And you just need some, to have, yeah, yeah. just some just some soft guidelines, right? Yeah. You know, a quiet place uh, in front of, a clean or white wall, whatever that might be, um, in this format, this length. Yeah, I think that that gives enough flexibility. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um. So we we we've talked about a bunch of uh, a bunch of things today. We've talked about company stories. We've talked about student stories. We've now talked about tutor stories. And now we're going to talk about our stories. And part of us doing this was we're like, oh, wow, there are definitely some areas that we could improve on. So I'm going to tell you uh, the LearnCube story, and mm. partly just because you might have some suggestions for us and see if it resonates with you or not. But uh, it's part of also us upgrading ourselves. So here goes. Um, so look, LearnCube started um, – with Dan, the founder of LearnQ, back actually in 2011, wanting to you know scratch his own itch by running his own conversation classes. He was doing he was in Mexico, uh, trying to learn Spanish, but didn't have quite as many friends that he felt you know trust with. He was doing all the vocab, doing great on the text, but really battled with conversation. So he, him being a an amazing developer, created a, a system where he could run online conversation classes with his friends in Argentina. Uh, that eventually became our virtual classroom. And when he pitched the idea at a, um, an entrepreneurship program in Chile, uh, he, was a, he was invited to create an online language school, which is what his proposition was. Back in 2014, it, it seemed like a bigger deal, and he was really pushing on the technology front. Um, he did a really good job of that, but 
uh, after a while, he really saw that he was quite limited. Like the only students he could really have an impact on, the only teachers he could have an impact on were the ones he actually employed. Mm. And so he started selling the technology. Uh, and actually it suited Dan so much better because that was his strength, was in building amazing technology and removing all of the friction pieces uh, and really creating an all-in-one solution, which has now become our online school. And so here we are, <laughs> 2021, six, seven years later, um, and we're really focusing purely on language and, and tutoring and really helping those organizations thrive with um, the, the online solutions that we provide. So that's our story. Love it. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I did not know that story um, be, be, be before you told it to me uh, yeah. today. And I think it's great. And I think it could be very effective um, by, by showcasing it maybe a little bit more. What do you think, Alex? I think totally. If there was one thing that if you go to our website on learncube.com, you are going to be like, Alex, you've talked a lot about storytelling and you are not doing a lot of storytelling. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's part of us building our own confidence. And maybe the listeners here resonate with that. Like there's a sense of maybe wanting to be, wanting to project yourself as being a little bit bigger. Mm. Um, and that can often be at the detriment of telling your own story. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm happy to kind of put my hand up and say, we haven't done a great job with that. Um, I think part of that is, you know, you can make up excuses about, oh, it's not that important. You know, the most important thing is focusing on the product or focusing on marketing or something else. Uh, but actually, storytelling, it's free. Uh, exactly. So it's probably even more embarrassing that we're not as good as we should be about telling those stories. So if you're listening, apologies in advance, and I hope you see improvements on the LearnCube.com website very shortly. Yeah, um, I think it's a great opportunity. But Herbert, I don't think you've been uh, a total saint here as well. Tell us your <laughs> story. Right. Well, I mean, I fr fr from the outset, um, I, I I needed to try and lead with my story because uh, this space, this digital marketing space, is very saturated. There are thousands um, of, of digital marketers offering every kind of service, and and a lot of businesses um, are quite skeptical when it comes to digital marketers because they've had bad experiences. So um, storytelling is super crucial for me um, because I can connect with language school owners and their marketing teams. So yeah. I come from a language school, um, language teaching background. I started off as a business English teacher at Berlitz, one of the big uh, language school networks. Um, was there for a few years and then I switched over to sales um, for a different language school where I was selling corporate language courses to companies, companies like Bosch, Miele, Swarovski, Red Bull, um, etc. Um, so I also saw that side of the, the business, so to say the sales side, and that language school needed some help uh, with promoting their English camps and mm -hmm. language courses. And I had had uh, some experience previously with uh, running some ads, not an expert, but um, I put up my hand and, yeah, I tested out um, these ads for them and it worked. Um, we got leads, we got uh, registrations in for their courses, and I really enjoyed that uh, side of the business. It was more creative um, and 
I found that a lot of language schools struggled with marketing, especially mm. online marketing. And I thought, you know, why not start an advertising agency that focuses solely uh, on helping language schools uh, sell more courses through paid ad campaigns online? So that's, um, you know, where I started. Uh, and you know, that it's been nearly three years now. Um, yeah. since, and really the focus was to help more language schools rather than just this one language school. It's such a brilliant story, Herbert, particularly because you've really, you know, the language at every part of the business. And it found, it sounds like you almost found your superpower, right? You're like, Hey, I was doing all this other stuff. Actually, the thing that really I, I felt super like I could have a big impact. And I could do really well was this marketing piece. And then you've just applied that to a much, much wider group of people rather than just right. the one school. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I test a lot of story, storytelling, uh, in ads, not okay. only for, for clients, but, yeah. um, for the agency as well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, some of you may have seen my ads, uh, on the internet and I really do tell stories, um, yeah. either of, about myself, about the clients or about just random things. Like I t- tell a story about, you know, how, um, Kellogg's, the brand, uh, decided to continue advertising their cereals yeah. back in, um, the 1940s when there was, uh, you know, a, a financial crisis when everyone else was not advertising. Um, and that applies to, you know, what has happened in the last one and a half years as well. So yeah, you can be very yeah. creative with storytelling. It doesn't always have to be your own story, but obviously it needs to, um, relate to whatever your offer is. I appreciate that. So it's really also, what are the stories that your audience would love to hear mm. and do more of that? Um, and exactly. any of the categories that we've talked about. Um, I hope that you both look at Herbert's uh, better <laughs> job of telling his story at herbertgertzer.com, if I'm not mistaken, Herbert. Yes, thanks. And if you want to see my slightly, well, my needing to improve uh, attempt at stories, you can find that at learncube.com. Uh, we will certainly be adding a better about page shortly. So thanks for the heads up. Uh, <laughs> In the meantime, though, we are going to thank you for listening in today. It's been another fantastic session. Uh, Herbert and I actually learn a lot, even just doing this exercise ourselves. So thanks you for your support. The way that you can show your support is, of course, to, you know, if, if we're of interest to you or if we're valuable to you, definitely check us out on our websites. Secondly, um, subscribe. You know, this is a free podcast. We do this just because we enjoy it and we feel like this is our way of contributing to more people in the space that we're in, uh, particularly in language and tutoring. Uh, we aim to give you insights, inspiration, and motivation. I really hope that we've delivered on that today. <laughs> and we're going to release a new one for you next week. So if you subscribe right. now, it's going to be there automatically. Awesome. Think of your future self, subscribe, and we're going to see you next week. Catch you in the next one.